Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, welcome back. And uh, we have three lines available. We have Shira back here smiling. Give her a call. 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We're here every Saturday. We're here Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Ray and Tempe. Good morning, Ray. How are you doing? Great, sir. Thanks for asking. Hey, I got a couple questions. I got a, I bought a ficus. It was in a 17-gallon container. And I planted about a month ago. And it's inside is nice and green. Outside is kind of yellowish lime color. Okay, now, so you planted this out in the ground, right? Right, Ray? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the new growth on them can be a lighter color than the older growth. So that wouldn't be very, you know, un- un- unusual at all. So is it growing now? Are you getting growth on the tips? Yeah, I've seen it. It's growing, but it's... uh. The leaves are still kind of yellowish on the outside. You well, know? that's kind of normal for the new growth. I'll tell you what I would do with it, Ray, right now is I'd feed it. And i just give it a light dose if you have miracle Grow at home or 20-20-20 or citrus food. Yeah, Either that's what I thought. Fine. But if you'll feed it, it'll feed grow it a them. lot. Yeah, right now is a great time to feed it because it's going to grow pretty fast for the rest of this month. And it's only the second. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got another question. I got a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. And I've had it. I have had that little sucker for about five, six years or more. And the damn thing's only like four foot high, four or five feet high, real short. Not even four foot, I would say about three feet. And it gives me, every year it gives blooms. And I see a bunch of fruit on it after the bloom. And then I only keep like three grapefruits on it. Well, really, it should be growing a lot faster than that. You know, a grapefruit, a grapefruit tree, um, especially, you know, most, is it a red grapefruit? Like a ruby red? Uh, yeah, it's, it's like uh, like uh, light pinkish color. Okay. So, you know, I would expect a grapefruit tree to grow, you know, a couple feet a year. And it's been in for, yeah. how, how small was it when you planted it? It was about that size. <laughs> you so know, and the damn thing ain't happy. gone anywhere. How much do you feed it, Ray? I feed it like maybe twice a year, three okay. times a year. Let's kind of change. Let's feed it right now. Okay. With like a, you can use the same citrus food for that and for your uh, ficus tree. If you want to come in, we have this one called uh, Organo Pro, which is real good. And uh, you okay, can use I'll the go. same fertilizer for both. Okay. And, uh, uh-huh. and then let's feed them both right now and then start feeding them both again in February around Valentine's Day. And okay. uh, and then feed them once a month all the way next year all the way through October, and uh, how okay, do you how, do, how do you water Ray? I have uh, wells on both trees. Mm-hmm. Water with the hose and, or uh, yeah, with the hose. Okay, and, and how I, I leave it on slow mm-hmm. and just let it go slow, and then it fills up, and then I shut it off. And how often do you do they that? They told me to uh, water it once a day. That. There's two, three nurseries that have. No, that, that's that's way too often, Ray. I don't know what they're thinking. And that's what I thought. Yeah, realistically, I, I you should see, water once a week. Yeah, I see it. The uh, the dirt and everything that's 
the root ball and everything is still wet mm-hmm. when I water it again. I said, well, no, this don't look right. Okay, so where, where are you located in Tempe, what cross streets? I'm uh, over here in Guadalupe. Okay, so in Guadalupe, most of that soil is going to drain pretty well. So you want to water once a week. Fertilize once a month. Yeah, come over and see us. We're right around the corner there in South Phoenix, and we'll get you some good fertilizer. And then yeah, I'm going to go over sure to the I, trunk is wrapped on the tree. Yeah, I usually go to your store over in Gilbert. So. Okay, well, either one. We're closer right. in South Phoenix. We're, 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 oh yeah, you guys are right there off of Southern. Huh? Yeah, Southern and Twenty Seventh with the old truck out front. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Appreciate come it. see Thank us, Ray. Very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. okay bye bye. Uh, Lois in Sun City. Good morning. Hi, I'm a big fan of your show. Uh, I have a huge mesquite tree. Mm-hmm. I planted it in 2006, and I guess it was uh, eight feet tall or something, about a two-inch trunk or whatever. But anyway, the shorter story is uh, now it's mature, and it's huge, and it has red ants that have been going on it, and I kind of was listening, and it sounds like they're not going to hurt it. But now I have another dilemma. I started seeing dead um, bees on my sidewalk and my yard guy came out yesterday because and when we had a big storm there was a big piece of honeycomb in my bushes mm-hmm. so anyway after he did everything he said look straight up and the trees like I guess 40 feet high whatever and there's this huge honeycomb up there I don't know if it's like 16 by 16 inches mm-hmm. so my question is uh, are these ants killing the bees or I kind of no the, no the bees the bees that. usually have more of a problem no the bees this just natural you know anytime you have a beehive you're going to have dead bees outside of it okay because so they come back and they run their course and their cycle so if that hive's been there in the tree for a long time and they'll especially get in cracks in trees and different things and especially being up that high is really good because they're not bothering anyone and no one can really yeah. bother mm-hmm. them. So the ants, you know, I don't think those ants are going to be feeding on the bees. The ants that you have, are they large red ants? Uh, they're just the small ones that they bite you really good. <laughs> when okay. they them out. Are, are they more black little, than red? Little red ants. They're little red ants, little okay. tiny red ants. All right. Well, there, there's different ones, but, you know, those are different types of fire ants. And there's a gold one and there's – but um, they're going to feed mostly on aphids and things like that. I don't think they're going to bother the bee colony. I'm not really sure, but I've never, you know, I've raised bees and I've had ants around. I've never had a problem with those. You know, mites can be a big problem, but the ants aren't. But the fact that the colony of the bees is up high in the tree is a great place. And, you know, and after a win for some of those to blow, you know, to have the dead ones blowing down. But, you know, typically around any beehive, you're going to have a constant source of a few dead bees because they're constantly reproducing. And uh, yeah, there were a lot on the sidewalk. I'd never seen that before. And I had had the tree really trimmed severely in 2021 and there wasn't any, you know, you could see every, every giant limb. And Mm -hmm. so I guess it's like over a year old now. Well, it just depends. I mean, typically, typically the bees are going to live more where they have some kind of a cavity so they can get in and get some protection. You know, and you'll see in the yeah. trunks of a, a trees more than up on a limb like that. You know, when the swarms are moving around up on the limbs, they'll stay there for a while. And they'll typically move and try to find a better home where they have more protection. But um, yeah, I, I really wouldn't be concerned. It might be, though, that, you know, it could be you had a lot of bee kill there because somebody sprayed some kind of insecticide in their yard even a block or two away. When the bees came back, they had more mortality. And that might have been why you yeah. saw more of a problem. And that's why we do want to be careful, you know, when we're spraying around yeah. because honeybees are 
They're a big part of our, well, all bees are, but they're a big I part know. of our life here on the planet. So at any rate, I wouldn't be yeah. concerned. And I think it's, a, you know, at least it's up out of the way. It's a nice place for the for the bees to live. And the ants, as far as attacking the, the bees, I don't think that's any part of the problem at all. Okay, great. I appreciate it. Thanks you're, so you're much. You're welcome, Lois. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Catherine in Holbrook. Hi, Catherine. Hi, hi, Brian. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Fine. Uh, I have a problem. I have two uh, 30, 40-foot Leland cypress, uh-huh. and they're losing their leaves. And I don't know. I called somebody and said it's lack of water. Someone else said it might be worms. So we've given it a lot of water, and we sprayed it with seven. So I don't know if that's going to solve the problem, or maybe it has something else wrong with it. Well, they should be pretty, ha- you know, happy up there, Catherine. How how long have you had them planted? Oh gosh, I I bet it's thirty years. Uh-huh. So, you know, I don't know of any type of, uh, you know, as far as the water goes, we've had enough wet enough summer up there that I would think even without a lot of additional water, they'd be happy enough being a mature plant like that. And how have you watered them historically? Oh. Usually every week. Okay. Well, I mean, it's you know that's they're going to be happier if they get regular water, but um, so you, why would the leaves be falling off? You know, I'm not sure. You know what you can do though? You can call the uh, University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service, and um, you can and, call. And I do have one. There in Holbrook, we have one. Yeah, but they would be the one because they have the local knowledge right there in town, Catherine. Okay, and and they'll come right. out. They'll come out and take a look at it for you too, the extension agent, and and they'll okay. probably have a better idea, you know, with what would happen right there. Leland Cypress, you know, don't really do well here in the valley at all. They grow in Arizona, usually at higher elevation, but and I'm oh, not okay. sure that they're going to live as long as like our junipers and the things we're accustomed to up in northern Arizona. But this year, I okay. can't see of any reason or anything special climate you know climate wise it's been such a good summer with the monsoon yes, that, we have you know this water. has been well it's been a good summer and um okay so I, I would call the ag extensions you know from the ufa there and see what they say all right thanks for your help you're welcome bye bye uh travis in arizona city hi travis hey how's it going great how are you i'm doing well doing well so I have two raywood ash trees. They're about 25 feet apart. Uh, planted them a couple of years ago. Got them from you over in uh, in Stanfield. And one of them's doing great. Well, actually, uh, over the summer, um, they both started showing signs like the leaves kind of went yellow, dry, and sort of falling off. And the research I did said it might be some type of fungus. And I just happened to have some copper fungicide around because of some other issues I had with some plants. And I treated them both with a copper fungicide, and it seemed to to heal, remedy the, the the problem. Now I have them sprouting back. I got shoots coming back up. But one of the trees was severely stunted, and the tops are are not getting any any foliage back. Um, do you recommend trimming the what's not getting foliage off? Well, and, Travis, and let, let me ask you: Have you used any herbicides or any weed killers? Uh, I have used a little bit, yeah. Because I, w- I would think that the burn and the, what you're describing was probably more due to a herbicide than anything else. And uh, Really? Okay. Yeah. And there's there's one so called Ortho Ground Clear. It comes in a, a brown, like a gallon bottle. Yeah. Yeah. That one uh, will last in the soil and be toxic. So that's what the cause of your problems are. And then the problem is, is it won't go away. There's no fast fix. Okay. And it doesn't leach okay. to the soil very well. But just don't use it again. 
And I okay. wouldn't I wouldn't oh. do anything different as far as pruning the trees now. Uh, you might find okay. that some of that foliage will come back out. It just kind of stops the bud and terminal growth on the trees. So I think Alrighty. what you might find is they might flush back out in the spring and come back better. Just uh, okay. if you want to use a herbicide, yeah, yeah use, use something like Roundup. Or, that's what I use, though. That's that's because yeah, I listen to you all the time, and, around, I, and yeah, I use it. And I use it, it. use it lightly too. I, it's not like I saturate it, and I, I usually try and pull the weeds. There's mm-hmm. just some that were so stubborn that I use a little bit, but I'll make sure I, I, st- I stay away from it. And well, but it's coming back. Like I said, I just wasn't sure. I read something about like witch's hat or something like that that could happen to these trees with this fungus, but it doesn't sound like I had the fungus anyway. So. No, I, and I think what I would do with them is you could fertilize them right now, see if you can get them to pop out some new growth. And uh, with the raywoods, they, they may. And because uh, they'll stay green all the way into the second week or middle of December. And so if you go ahead and feed them right now, see if they'll pop out and get some new growth out. Um, you know, don't water what do you them. Recommend? Oh, just to balance like a 16.84 citrus food would be great. 2020, okay. it, it doesn't matter. We're looking for some nitrogens and some balance in there. So I, I would just feed them right now and see if you can't get the buds to pop back out and grow. And, the, you know, they can grow pretty well from now through the end of November. Gotcha. Awesome. And you were going to say something about watering. I haven't been watering, honestly. We've been getting so much rain out here. Well, uh, you still want, you still want to water them, you know, as deep at least once every two weeks. It probably wouldn't hurt once a week. You're not going to overwater at Raywood Ash. Really? Okay, that's yeah. great to know. Okay, because okay. I was afraid at one point maybe I was doing that too with all the caliche here. Yeah, they're like that, they're but, pretty okay. hard to over. What well, once a week is not going to be overwatered. Cool. Yeah, that's what I that's what I'm doing. So awesome, man. All I right. appreciate it. Thanks, Travis. Bye bye. You have a good one. Bye. Now we're gonna take a short break. While we're gone, we do have Travis's line available. The number to call, 602-277-5827. It's Brian and Shira Herbert Sunday morning from seven to nine with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on ninety two point three FM KTAR. come to see you I always find you outside with your hands in the ground getting down with anything that grows and all I want to do is join you in that morning sunshine I want to know want to know how you grow or your vegetables cause we're gonna grow Sure does. I think she stays up real late and plants hers by the moon. Welcome back, folks, to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. And uh, that's the Formidable Vegetables, in case you want to find the name of the group somewhere. Anyway, we'll get right to the phones. The lines are full. As one's gone, one will be available. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Mimi and Surprise. Good morning, Mimi. Good morning, Brian. I am outside looking at my pepper plants that I planted several months ago, and they did okay then. I got them through the the heat, and they have started to come back. And then yesterday I walked out, and on one of them, a whole branch is devoid of leaves. (laughs) Something ate every leaf. 
probably a large worm or grasshopper. Okay. And, and you could uh, take care of either critter with the same thing. It's called BT, Bacillus thungensis. Okay. And you could use a powder or liquid spray and you could put it on. It's toxic to the insects, but not to us. Okay. I'm, I just looked over at my other pepper and I'm seeing two gigantic green worms. Mm-hmm. They're parting. Now, if you're really kind and you want to leave the worms, you know, you could take them to your neighbor's pepper plant and move them. <laughs> What or, almost looks like it's uh, like it's starting in a cocoon. Yeah, well, they they, yeah, they're going to pupate at a time, then they'll become a butterfly. So, if you want to let them finish up and go through a cycle, and if you're, you know, one who's going to love the worms, it's okay. I mean, they've, if they're starting to pupate, well, then their whole system's gone, you know, for this cycle, and they're they're going to quit feeding. And will my peppers do okay if I leave them there? Well, it depends on how many of their buddies show up. You know, when they tell their buddies, hey, there's a party and the pepper's over yonder there. Come over, let's go see Mimi's house. Um, okay. Okay. All righty. Well, I think there, there, there's I, always mechanical like inter- intervention with the paranursery shears, too. So whatever you like, Mimi. It's up to That's you. That's true. Okay. All righty. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. We've got. Uh, Dwight Maricopa. Good morning, Dwight. Hello, Brian. Yes, sir. How are you today? Excellent. Thanks for asking. You bet. I got a couple questions about uh, some uh, couple container plants I have. Uh, about a month ago, my mother gave me an aloe plant, uh-huh. and um, it's... Uh, she had it in a place where it was uh, didn't have a lot of sun, and it's pretty good size. I was wondering, do they ever flower? Or, well, most all aloes, they, aloes do flower. Um, they may not flower if they're in the shade all the time, but even like the aloe vera, the medicinal one has a yellow flower on it. But most all aloes, aloes do flower, and they have a very varied period of time. You know, they can flower anywhere from fall to spring to some in the summer. So they have all different kinds of times when they when they will flower. Okay, because I'd never seen a flower. I thought maybe because well, she had this area that didn't get a whole lot of sun. Yeah, if you but put it out in the sun, it'll probably, you know, a lot more likely to bloom. Do you have to fertilize them or anything? They're really not very picky, but, you know, if, if you keep them in the same little container, you never feed them. They don't have any, you know, special incentive on growing. You know, what you may want to do is transplant it to a larger pot, put it out like on a eastern or southern exposure, give a little bit of fertilizer, miracle Grow, or whatever, and I would expect it probably will bloom for you in the spring. Okay, yeah, I don't want to get any bigger. It's in a pretty good spot. <laughs> well, you can always divide them, too, you know, so you can take with the aloes, oh. if they're, you know, multiple clustering types, you can just take and take out half of them and put those in a different pot and, and reduce mm-hmm. the amount, and uh, and thereby you'll probably get more blooms as well. Okay, this one's kind of long, and it's about... About three feet high. How, how many different? How many that. different plants is in the? Is it just a single plant, or is it uh, a lot of different? No, there's several. I'd say at least four. Okay, so you can divide okay. them if you want to. You know, four doesn't sound like it's one of the multiplying varieties that's multiplying so much, especially if it's been around for a while. So perhaps just give it a little bit of fertilizer, pop it in a little okay. more sun, and stand back. Okay, just any old fertilizer will do, I guess. Pretty much. I mean, miracle Grow would be fine. Peter's 2020, 20, you know, any kind of a balanced fertilizer probably do well. 
Okay. Uh, my second question has to do about fertilizing a, a plant, too. Uh, about last fall, maybe winter, I got a, one of those pin stimulants, the peri ones with the, the peri eye, uh-huh. uh, pink. Yeah, with the deep pink with blooms. <laughs> right. And, uh, throughout, the, it bloomed uh, up to about June, and then it, it went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed the uh, last couple of weeks that it's starting to put out these uh, leaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're about two or three inches long now. It's like I guess this, this growth cycle, I guess it's time for it to wake up. <laughs> I've never had one before. Um, do I need to... Um, Put any fertilizer on that? I heard that you didn't. They really don't care for fertilizer. Well, you really, you don't have to. I mean, they're a native plant, and they're they're smart enough to sleep whenever it's hot and pop back out and bloom and grow whenever the weather's better. So, you know, that's what it's going to do. It really doesn't need a lot of special care. Do you have it in a container or out in the ground? It's in a container. Yeah. Well, if it's in a container, you can feed it. Now, what you can always use on all these things for a, a fertilizer in a container is Osmocote. And it's slow-release little granules. You can put it on once every three or four months. And you'll have mm-hmm. a constant supply of fertilizer. And it works works very well for them. Okay. All right. Thanks, well, Dwight. I'll give, I'll give that a shot. All right. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You too. Uh, Natalie and AJ. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning. Um, I have a question this morning about soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a, a section of my yard where nothing will grow. Everything we put there dies. And so um, I was wondering, should I get the soil tested or should I just amend the soil? Well, you can do either one. I mean, if you think the soil really could have some contaminants, um, you can check with like IAS laboratories we use quite a bit and they could tell you if maybe somebody put some salt on or those kind of things uh, if you're going to test for specific chemicals contaminants it's a little harder to do but uh, you know mm-hmm. you can certainly salt with a start with a soil analysis from uh, the laboratory and and they're they're good you can you could send it into them by mail or you can drop it off there over south of the airport off of uh, 24th Street University and what was the name of that company? It's I- IAS Laboratories. IAS. Okay, I will look them up. Yeah, and they're, and they're good people, and they can they can do all kinds of samples, and you can talk to them. They're very knowledgeable and friendly, and they work with Great. you know every level from all the farmers around the state to not all of them, but a lot of us, and uh, <laughs> to plenty of homeowners as well. Okay, super. Thank you so much. Thanks, Natalie. Bye bye. Oh, uh, let's see, Alice and AJ, you're going to have to wait because we have the news going on. Mr. Troy's showing up back here and we're going to find out what's happened. So right after the news, we'll come back with Alice and Sarah, and then you could be next. The number to call during the break, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We're here every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
back, folks. A beautiful Sunday morning. Looks like the lines are full. We'll get right to the phones. And next up, we have Betty and Chandler. Hi, Betty. Hi. How are you? How are I'm I'm okay. I'm calling more for a pest problem than a plant problem. Okay, we'll try. This year was the first year I've had roof wrap. All right. And I... Uh, I called a couple of companies. They came out. They put screens on. Said mm-hmm. I didn't have them in the roof. I took all the oranges off the tree, trimmed the tree back, had the other vegetation trimmed. But now they're in the barbecue. Okay, so you're going to have <laughs> you know somebody Betty's going to have to start trapping them. You know whether you uh, trap them or somebody else. I mean, there's all different kinds of traps you can use. We really don't recommend poison because, you know, here around the valley now we do have a lot more foxes and a lot more owls and things that are actually eating the rats. So we don't want to necessarily poison our buddies that are helping us. But um, no, I, plus, I have three little dogs. So yeah, well, the little dogs would be good if little dogs would. You know, the dogs aren't doing their job. <laughs> no, they're very old little dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> some they know dogs they're are there, but good. they can't do anything. About it. <laughs> well, what you're going to have to do, really, Betty, is just destroy their habitat. You know, so if they're getting in the barbecue and where anything they can feed on outside, uh, they don't eat lemons, so that's that's a good thing. But um, you know, if you've got a lot of different places for them to hide, and it really sometimes works a lot better if you can get uh, several people in the neighborhood to go after them at the same time. But truthfully, well, for- I I think that's my real problem. The neighbor to the west of me. Mm-hmm has a jungle in his backyard and um he does not spray or take care of anything or trim anything he's totally surrounded by bushes uh kind of like a hermit mm-hmm. and there's nothing i can do about that well um, you can do for your for your sake what you can do with your rats as they come over the fence is just trap them all yeah. and you can use snap traps <laughs> you can use electric traps you can use live traps let your dogs get them after they get out of the live traps but um at any rate, you know, you're going to have to be real proactive and stay after them. Okay. Um, so I probably will never have lemon or oranges again. Well, you'll have oranges because not- they don't they don't really eat all the oranges. I mean, you know, in oranges, they tend to get at the end of the season, you know, and especially more in the summertime is when they'll eat oranges. They won't, won't eat oranges when they're green, and they won't eat oranges as they first ripen. But if you leave, especially like navels on a tree, and if you don't harvest them all, you know, by April, then they'll really start to eat anything that's left. And that's but the time of eating, year when they eat more. They've been eating all my green ones. That's how I knew I had them. Well, they're really hungry. There was, yeah, that's if they're, if they're, they're really hungry. Yeah, so you're, you're going to have to do something to get rid of them. There are people that will come out and trap them for you. You know, exterminators and different well, people will do that. I probably will have to have someone do it. I had someone come out and put screens, like I said, on all the vents. Yeah, if you could keep them out of the house, that's a good step. But then you're going to have to go after them. You know, and there's little electric zapper traps. There's every kind, you know, the the better mouse trap. That's been the the joke for a thousand years. So, you know, you're going to just have to go after them, though. Betty, I wish I had a great solution. We wouldn't have rats in the valley, but we do now. You know, we we didn't used to to have them until about 25 years ago. But these. Yeah, uh, and that's so sad because that little orange tree, it's a dwarf and it has given me so many good oranges, but there were stray cats in the neighborhood at the time, and I haven't seen a cat here in over well, a year. Well, that is another option, you know, and especially if you've got a neighbor like the Prime, like you do. The uh, Humane Society and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are, can take these feral cats in, you get them neutered, you know, and then you keep them in your yard, and they've got a whole protocol where you can get those. 
And, really? Uh, yeah. And you can get them through the Humane Society or you can get them, you know, through like the pound group. But they basically have these feral cats that they bring in a neuter. And that might be a great solution in light of the fact that your dogs aren't going to be big and aggressive and aren't going to mess with the cats anyway. Uh, it might be your best solution. That or the other thing you see around town a lot now are foxes, but you know you can't really get those. But you know the the cats you can go get, and they have a whole feral cat program, and they're excellent. You know when they're kept properly and not overly fed, at uh, eliminating some of the rats. Oh, I may have to resort to that. Yeah, so good. just call the society. Yeah, call the main society, and they can enlighten you with the whole program, and, uh, and they can tell you all about it. Okay, well, I'll try the traps first, and then I'll. Uh, if that doesn't work, I'll, I'll, I'll do a higher attack. <laughs> All righty, Betty. Good luck. Take care. Bye bye. Uh-huh. Uh, Alice and AJ. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I went to your nursery in Gilbert and asked the folks there, what is the fastest growing vine I can get? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a cat claw, and they said no. And uh, I bought a couple, but I don't remember the name of them. Well, there's a lot of fast ones. Uh, Cat's Claw is pretty fast. I mean, I wouldn't say that there's anything that's going to much outgrow it, but there's Tangerine Cross. There's a lot of different finds that uh, will grow fast. Yeah, I wish I could remember. I think it is the Tangerine. That one's a pretty nice little vine that's more popular now than Cat's Claw, but it's got the little tubular flower on it and blooms a little longer, but it'll grow very fast. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted <laughs> wanted to ask you. So, thank you very much. Thank you, Alice. Have a nice weekend. Yeah. Bye bye now. Uh, Chrissy and Scottsdale. Good morning, Chrissy. Good morning. Um, I just have a couple quick questions for you. Number one, um, we have a couple of these little, I don't know if it's the proper name, but they look like little old man cactus mm-hmm. or cacti. Um, and they started out very small. We put them in a pot and they grew and then we moved and they got neglected. They were out in the rain and now they almost look like they're collapsing. And I was wondering... Is that from too much water or? Well, too much water them? shouldn't shouldn't really hurt them if they, they were just in a pot and they got rain. Yes. But uh-huh. they, were they sitting in an area where like if there was runoff coming off the roof or something in the pot pretty constantly or? No. Okay. No. Does the pot have a drainage hole on it? Yes. Okay. So it might be, be more likely that they were burnt from getting too much sun and too dry than getting too much rain. It would be unusual for to be too much rain in a container that drains. Um, okay. But once they've gone, you know, and the inside's gone, they're, they're not going to come back either. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and then the other question was, um, somebody else was on the line a couple minutes ago, and you had recommended something for the worms on the pepper plants. And I think you said BT. Uh-huh. Is that correct? That's right. It's called BT how- or Bacillus thungensis. Bacillus what? Well, just remember BT. It's a lot easier. <laughs> Bacillus. Okay, so they'll know if I go and ask. If you go to any nursery or garden store and you ask for BT or Bacillus thungensis, they'll get it. But just BT is fine. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chrissy. Bye-bye. Sarah in Scottsdale. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. And you? I'm amazing, thanks. (laughs) Well, you know, it's nice to talk to amazing people. (laughs) Hey, well, first of all, I love your show. Go to your store on Glendale all the time. But I have a little bit of an issue today, and I have a pretty darn green thumb. But I have a pepper tree 
that was in our yard when we got here, probably 15 years old. And all of a sudden, it started to turn brown, and it moves. The brown moves from like one limb to another. And this is a Brazilian pepper tree. It is okay. Um, they are a weaker, more problematic tree. Do you have it in lawn or rock or what's around it? It's in rock, and it has a lantana on one side of it and a very small ficus that I keep trimmed on the other side. Okay. Um, this is the time of year when they can recover. What I would do with it right now is fertilize it. You probably have never done it before. But, um, Correct. But it, it would be just fine to feed it right now. You can remove the dead out of it. Does it have any in the branches that are dying, any black powdery substance? Can you see any of that in there at all? No. Okay, so other than that, it looks pretty healthy. It's just losing some limbs here and there. Yes. Okay, and that's kind of not that unusual, and I think it might be a little bit of a fungus. You could also use the uh, Monterey Disease Control. It's not going to hurt anything, but it's a pretty general-purpose fungicide, and you could put it with water underneath the base and the roots and even spray some on the foliage, and it's just a bacteria that kills fungus. That wouldn't be a bad idea, but I would go ahead and treat it that way right now, fertilize it right now, and this weather and the difference in climate that we're having, days are shorter, cool, cool mornings, it should pop out and really start to grow back. Okay, because I'm not going to give up on it. So thank you for your advice. Well, yeah, it, it, it should come back. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Sarah. Bye bye. Uh, Maria and Phoenix. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, Brian. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I got a question, quick question. Mm-hmm. I have a lemon that I give me lemons for two years. It was beautiful. Give lemons all year round. And all of a sudden, like that. Four weeks ago, a branch started getting dead, mm-hmm. and it went dead all the way down. Anything I can do to bring it back? Uh, Maria, is this a lemon or is it a bear's lime? It's a bear's lime. Okay. So bear's limes, the sad part is they don't live here very long. And I'm not sure if it's a virus that's innate with the variety or what happens. But here in, in Phoenix and in the desert in Thermal California, bear's limes usually live somewhere between about five and eight years. And Uh-oh. other limes, like the Mexican lime and lemons, live much, much longer. But uh, just something climatic or a problem with the bear's limes. But, you know, a friend of mine explained that to me 20 years ago, and it's always kind of been true. Bears limes will grow here for a while quite well, but then as they start to have a problem, they really decline and they'll die branch by branch. And within a couple of years, yeah, it'll probably go away. One of, yeah, one sorry, one of the branches was really beautiful and the other one I'm dead. So mm-hmm. I trim it and then I paint it. Then I said, I'm going to put something that the um, virus doesn't go into the branches. And then all of a sudden, two weeks, they went down. And, I, you know, oh, Maria, I, I don't know that it's a virus. It's just really odd the way they collapse. But um, I've, I've seen that with the bear's limes, you know, for the last 20 years. And uh, Dolan Young, who started in the nursery business growing citrus here back in the 30s, is the one that explained it to me. And... Um, you know, it's just a problem with that variety. Hey, you can plant another one and have it do pretty well for a while, but you can always plant a Mexican lime and have plenty of limes, you know, the smaller limes or key limes, and those will be those will last you 20, 30 years or more. Okay. Another quick question. It's time to plant zucchinis right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so okay. you, can, you can plant zucchinis. Um, you want to get them right away. They're usually grown more in the spring, though. Yeah, well, that's, uh, in the spring, I have a lot, so mm-hmm. I was so yeah, the, you, to more in winter because you know they give me a lot of zucchinis and I already done so I'm going to plant some more 
Well, okay, yeah. Next year, if you want to, if you want to try to grow fall ones, Maria, I would probably plant them uh, more like mid-August. Okay. Because what happens is the weather gets cooler, they're gonna they're gonna stop. Okay. Oh, if you're starting okay. in from seeds much. right now, you're you know you it takes sixty to ninety days, so you'd have to have them ready quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Maria. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We've got Jimmy and Gilbert, but after Jimmy, we've got wide open lines. It's the perfect time to get on. The number to call 602 277 5827. 277 KTAR. What a wonderful, wonderful world this would be. Invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. All started with my grandparents and a little nursery on Glendale Avenue back in the 40s, and we continue today for four generations. We're Arizona's largest grower of ornamental palm trees. If you're looking for Mexican fans, Mexican blues, California fans, perhaps you want to plant a big sago palm. We grow them all right here in Arizona. We also have wonderful citrus, all different varieties and sizes from 15 gallons and larger. And uh, we've got a lot of trees with fruit on them now, so you don't have to wait. You know, Woodfields we grow, you get a nice 15-gallon size lemon, which is six foot tall with lemons already. You you can harvest them tomorrow if you want it. But we deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. We grow all kinds of things from desert trees like mesquites and ironwoods and fruitless olives and palo verdes to, to big, beautiful shade trees like ashes, elms, and pistachios. Whatever your dreams may be, come out and see us. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you need one tree for your yard or a thousand for development, come out and see us at Woodfields. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We're open Monday through Saturdays from 8 to 5.30, Sundays 10 to 4, and now is the time to plant. Okay, back to the phones. Jimmy and Gilbert, good morning. Morning. How you doing? Good, Jimmy. Hey, I got a couple questions. I got four ficus trees. I had them planted a couple years ago. Um, two in the front yard, two in the backyard. The two in the front yard are cons- not doing as well as the two in the backyard, though. Well, are they the same kind of, they both planted in rock or lawn, or what's the, what's around them? No. All, they're all planted in the, in the yard, in, in lawn, in grass. Okay. And they were all planted at the same time. Uh-huh. But your soil can be but, different, your watering can be different, and your light exposure for sure is different. So all, all those things will make a difference. Um, in okay. Gilbert, we, we, where are you located in Gilbert, Jimmy? Uh, Gilbert and Elliot. Okay, so we have pretty heavy clay soil. Holds a lot of water. So, And, and how are you watering your lawn? Uh, sprinklers. Okay, how often? Uh, twice a day, about 
five minutes. Okay, so let, let's let's change some things around. Are you to plan on winter lawn or not? We're yeah, we're thinking about that still. Okay, well, it's it's healthier for your Bermuda grass lawn if you don't. And when you're watering okay. your lawn, especially in Gilbert, what you need to do is put a capturing device like a tuna fish can out in the lawn. Okay, run uh-huh. your sprinklers long enough till that gets full of water, about an inch of water, and typically that's going to get us about a foot of penetration in the soil. That's how deep the water is going to go. And then if you shut okay. your irrigation off. Okay, and take a screwdriver and push it in the ground. Whenever it's dry, it's going to be hard to push in the ground. That's the time to water again. So right now you should be watering your lawn about once a week. Okay, and if if you're watering once a week, then it's going to let the ground aerate. It's going to really help those trees because they don't want to stay soaking wet all the time. And also the trees are going to root a lot deeper. You know, if you're watering two, three times a day, all the roots on those trees are right up on the surface because they haven't had any need to get, you know, rooted any deeper. So if you'll change those things around, now would be the perfect time to fertilize those ficus trees. And if you would just take a shovel and push it into shovel depth, and just kind of open up the grass and put some citrus food, maybe make a half a dozen holes around each tree and and put some citrus food down in the bottom. That way the fertilizer is going to be down below the the lawn roots and the trees are going to get it more than the um, grass is going to take it. Okay, if you'll do those things, uh, your trees will be a lot healthier. And, you know, it could be a difference okay. in the way your yard drains in different places and how they're, you know, if they they collect more water or maybe drain off in different parts of the lawn. But I think if you'll do those things, I think you'll really help your lawn and your ficus out. Okay, so we could actually be overwatering the trees because once a week we, we deep root water for about uh, three hours uh, Per tree. Okay, and that's fine, but that once a week when you're watering your trees is when you should water your grass. In in, in Gilbert, you know, with our heavy soil we have in Gilbert, Jimmy, we don't need to water any more than that with Bermuda grass lawn. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. Next next question. Uh Next question, though. Is there a way to keep the ants off the trees? Well, the ants are going to go up and they're going to feed on different things. They're going to feed on aphids and different things. Now, ficus don't really get a lot of aphids, and we don't usually see them feeding as much. Um, there's a product called Tanglefoot, or you can actually just put a paper around there with, like, petroleum jelly, and the ants won't cross it. So if you want to keep ants from going up a tree, I mean, that's certainly a way you can, you can do it. But uh, okay. typically on ficus, uh, other than feeding on the berries and the, maybe if they're the Argentinian ants, are they a real small ant that runs real fast? Yes. Okay, so that one, you probably want to track their colony down and kill them, because they do get back in your house and things, too, but um, and just drench them. But those will go up and actually feed on the fruit. So, okay. and, and we don't think of ficus as you know, being a fig tree, but they are. And But okay. if you want to keep those off, you can, but the, the tree, they're not going to harm the tree either. So those ants going up and down the tree aren't hurting anything. Okay, that's awesome. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Oh, let's see. I got the one-minute warning. The one-minute warning says it's time to say goodbye to friends and family. And we appreciate all the calls today, folks. Carson and John and David and uh, looks like Susan who's calling. I'll take you all off the air. Pre- hope you appreciate the program today. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do in life. But uh, the one thing is have a little humility and work together. There's none of us that are that special. There's no man and woman or person that I've ever met from anywhere on the planet that I couldn't certainly learn things from. And we all share this uh, beautiful thing we call humanity. And as we work together as a team, as we can really watch and see it all the football. 
football and sports and baseball. You know, no no baseball team wins without a pitcher and a catcher. And it takes a little diversity here for us all to make a great team. And that's the one thing that we should enjoy and share. And, and basically, as Americans, it's the one thing that, that does set us apart from different places in the world. We have no one religion. We have no one race. We have no one color. But we should have a common joy in helping man and working together as a team to make the best place that we can for everyone to live. Appreciate your calls. We'll be back with you next uh, Sunday and uh, come out and see us this week. Uh, all kinds of things showing up at the nursery this week. You know, our, our fall spring is here. You know, spring starts in October right here in the desert in Arizona. Hope you're enjoying the weather, the the warm days, the cool nights. It's what we lived all summer for. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.